It's 12 minutes past 10. Join us on Facebook Live if you can, if you could give a hoot, because we say hi right now to our friend Steve Vines. Good morning, Steve, all the way from your think tank or something else tank. <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I'm in a secure location. I yeah. wouldn't like to say where it is. <laughs> Welcome back. Uh, yeah, I'm going to put all the comments and stuff up there, Steve. We had fun last week, didn't we, reading all that? We've got some new new people, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I assume Banner. they've been banned since then. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Morning Brew is the page. What have you got, Steve? Well, I mean, I, I, there are a lot of topics, but, I mean, talk about gobsmacked. Oh, yeah. I, I, I have to say, you know, Herman Goebbels, eat your heart out uh, when it comes to the proliferation of rewriting history that's going on in Hong Kong. You know, we all thought with the introduction of the national security law that 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 and in fact i think people were, were, were unduly focused on the law itself as being the main instrument of putting down the opposition in hong kong and making a lot of things that were formerly lawful illegal what i think we lost the focus on was the fact that it opens the door for a whole mass of other forms of diminishing uh, the opposition in Hong Kong. You know, this business. You know there's a, a thing going around at the moment. It's a picture of a deer in, in, in Chinese language, a picture of a deer, and the caption is, this is a horse or something. You know what they're getting at. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it, it, it's, it's Herman Goebbels, eat your heart out. George Orwell, uh, eat your heart out. This is going way beyond satire. So now we have a situation where one of the people who was beaten up during the um, triad attack on protesters in Yunlong on July 21st, 1989, last year, um, is, going, is, being is being charged for rioting. Now we have a situation where the police are rewriting the entire history of this event. Now, it's been elaborately documented, and I have to say... Sorry, I've got a dog here. It's, no, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a listener comment, Steve. It's a listener comment. Whilst you're having a little pause there, I mean, the quality of the footage of this and many other things that's doing the rounds. It's 4K HBO Netflix standard. This is not your crummy old uh, 7-Eleven CCTV. And, and, and it's not only the footage. I mean, the footage, as you say, is there and it's in copious quantity. But there is a mounting um, weight of documentary evidence. I mean, I'm writing a book about Hong Kong at the moment. So I've actually been going through it by coincidence been going through this quite recently mm. and what's astonishing is the police are now have the sheer effrontery to claim that, that the infamous delay of 39 minutes before they mobilized any officers to rescue the people being beaten up is in fact a delay of 18 minutes um you know pluck a figure out of the air and say that's the new truth they, they, they still haven't explained why they rolled down the shutters of the police station so nobody could get in and make a complaint. They still haven't satisfactorily complained why an officer patting one of the white-shirted thugs on the back was somehow not seen as an encouragement. Apparently it was a way of moving that He was pushing him away. away. Maybe he's pushing I tell you what, I, wanna, I think we're going to have to ban Mike Ellis, who writes and says, Meanwhile, in latest developments, after a one-year investigation, Hong Kong police forces determined that President JFK wasn't actually shot. He was hit by a stone thrown by the car in front. Top lip, top. I, you know, I think this is so unfair. He shot himself. Yeah. He I think that is the actual proof of, of um, what's going I think on your, your dog's going bananas there. Poor boy. <laughs> 
<laughs> he likes Morning um, Brew. Come on, give the guy a break. But I mean, but but the uh, arrests of um, uh, <laughs> Mr. Lamb, um, who, who who we've seen pictures, Lamb Lamb choked oh. in. Who, who we've seen pictures of him blooded. We've seen pictures of him um, after being attacked, being arrested as for rioting. I have to say, takes the cake. And one of the things that they are using to justify the rewriting of history yeah. is this miraculous report by the IPCC, the um, Independent Police Complaints Council, which actually happens to be really called the Irredeemably Prejudiced Committee for Cover-Ups. That particular committee for cover-ups, um, I have to say... When I read their report, my jaw dropped. And, and you know, I've got a lot of draw to, jaw to drop. I interviewed the deputy chair of that committee for another RTHK TV programme called The Pulse. And he said to me on air, he said, oh, well, this and this is now the, the version the police are using. He said, oh, well, it was actually... Um, attackers on both sides, heavily armed attackers on both sides. Mm. So I said to him, so what were the um, the protesters' side armed with? Quick as a flash, he said, umbrellas. I don't you even know if they were, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> umbrellas. I then said to him, all right, well, you say they were heavily armed with umbrellas. I, I have to say I hadn't heard that that was a weapon before, but nevertheless, they were heavily armed with umbrellas. How many people wearing white T-shirts were injured by umbrella-wielding attackers? And he bravely said, I don't think we've got those figures. Do you know why? Because they don't exist. It's complete and utter horlicks. This whole rewriting of history, of course, has a purpose. But the main chilling thing... It's not the first time, is it, it, Steve? It's not the first time, but it's, it's blatant and extraordinary. I mean, as you've pointed out, there's documentary footage of these events, which go beyond reasonable doubt. But what's happening now is that the police are making it clear, because they have this ironclad protection from Beijing, that not only can they write history, but they can rewrite history. If you're a critic of the police, and Lam Chuk Ting is a notable critic of the police, or Ted Hoy, who was also arrested yesterday, is a notable critic of the police, they will charge you. And once you're charged, you're guilty, apparently. Yeah, listen, Steve, Nigel's pointing out here on our Facebook page that uh, <coughs> apparently your best mate, Junius Ho, was trying to arbitrate between both parties, says Nigel. Oh, no, 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 before you... The, yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the man who, again, was caught on, on, on video saying, you are my heroes. Yeah, yeah, he was, he was clearly the perfect person to arbitrate. I, can't, I couldn't help but note the glee with which he greeted these arrests of the victims of the attack yesterday, mm. arrests for rioting. I mean, we're now in a situation where the government doesn't dare criticise the police. You do remember, after July 21st, um, there was a mild, mild criticism made of the police action by the um, number two in government, Matthew Jern. Mm -hmm. oh, and and the police just unleashed a volume, a volume of vitriol against Mr Jern. And he had to go on television and apologise. If anybody thinks I've ever criticised the police, you know, take my firstborn away, etc., etc. I mean, you know, 
they quake in their shoes over there at Tamar, lest they should at any moment be seen to criticize the police force. You now have police force, uh, police officials openly making political statements. The whole point of the police force is it's an impartial implementer of the law. It doesn't have a view on policy as a force. Its leading officers don't have a view on policy because that's not their job. But now it seems they can quite literally say what they want. I mean, this is a new era of what in other places is called a police state, because when the police move being beyond the law, they move into a very dangerous place. And people who criticize the police then become vulnerable to arrest, as we have seen yesterday. Join us on Facebook Live if you can. Good morning to Alvin. May I point out, says Alvin, that it was RTHK showing the live feed of police in riot gear standing idly by outside a shrine where white T-shirts attackers were gathered and hiding inside. They did nothing, nothing for 15 minutes, says Alvin, until they casually strolled off. Disgusting, absolutely disgusting. That's from Alvin on our Morning Brew Facebook page. I've got an email here from James, but it's the Made in Hong topic, Hong Kong topic. I think after the news, perhaps? Yeah, we, we could certainly get onto that. But just... Just to, to perhaps um, uh, round this up a bit, I think what is now uh, very clear is if, if without sufficient kickback, the police get away with this, it's a, it's, it's a prelude to, to a whole avalanche of things to come. What I was very alarmed to see was Fernando Jung, um, it, well, here rather, I heard him on a, a bulletin early this morning, mm -hmm. say that he had previously thought it was a good idea for the elected legislators to carry on in this new uh, one-year, or maybe longer than one-year term, sure. LegCo, which uh, has been installed by Beijing. And he now says um, the, the odds are too heavily stacked against us. All I would say, with great respect to Mr. Chung, is they want you to do that. They want you to walk away. They want to provoke you so that you will do something which I think is irresponsible. Mr. Chung, you have your mandate from the people who elected you. Your mandate doesn't come from Beijing. And the fact that the system is being endlessly manipulated and that people who oppose the system are being provoked doesn't mean that if you see an open grave, the first thing you do is you hop into it. It's not a good idea. And I, I particularly mention Fernando Joan because it's somebody who I have great respect for. He's a very thoughtful, extremely hardworking legislator. And I'm very disappointed that he is so ready to fall into this trap. I think it's a big, big mistake. Let's look at the other side of this then. So are some of these guys thinking, well, if I carry on, I'm kind of condoning the thing that yes. I despise? Yes, is that exactly. What, is that what That's the thinking what is? Thinking. And I, I, I think that was Mr. Jones' point. What I'm saying is there is the danger of that. I understand why he may be saying that, but I also understand that, that he would be doing exactly, exactly what the people who are the enemies of liberty in Hong Kong want him to do. If you have been elected to a position, however dubious are the circumstances that prevail, you cling on to it and you use that position to advance your your views and to represent the people who took the trouble to go out and elect you in the first place. These are scary Is times for these guys, know? aren't they? We mustn't we mustn't forget the personal side of these things. I mean, whatever they decide to do, they decide to do. But personally, it's they're probably quite terrified. 
I understand that, but I mean, the pressure will not um, personally be removed from sure. people like Ted Hoy or Lamchuk uh, Ting because they're no longer in LegCo. I mean, remember, to be an opposition politician in Hong Kong is a high-cost business. Hard to get a job other than in, in the um, political system itself. If you happen to be, for example, a university lecturer, you'll never be... Um, your, your career would never progress mm. if you're known to be part of the opposition. So people who have made the decision to openly support and indeed lead opposition parties, it involves personal sacrifice. Big and time. Always has. Always has. And, you know, um, hats off to people who are prepared to do that because the cost is high. And the cost, of course, in Hong Kong, the, the tariff is rising by the day yeah. because it's not just a question of do you get a job, you know, do you get this, do you get that. It's how long are you going to go to jail for? Is That's make... the new question. I think this guy's making fun of you in the background there. There, there. There's a very unhappy dog, or two very unhappy dogs here who always want to comment. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough indeed. Well, we've got about five minutes before the news, Steve. Um, the big criticism obviously has been levelled at the Democrats here is you, can't, you guys can't get your act together. But do they need to? Where's personal choice come into this? Well, I mean... You, 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 you always have a problem if you are fighting a very powerful opponent. Remember, th there is no such thing as an autocratic government that doesn't have more weapons, doesn't have more money, doesn't have more resources in every sense of the word mm. than the opposition. So you will always find people saying, oh, they're hopeless. They have, they're so puny. How can they ever, ever get anywhere the odds are just too high this is anybody who's read a single piece of history will know this is absolutely common throughout the piece so um authoritarian governments are not defeated by superiority of weapons what are they defeated by steve are they often in history defeated by themselves within they are defeated by themselves because they overreach they're defeated by the people suddenly realising a gap occurs and people suddenly realise that they're not as scary as they look because the people who hold the weapons are in fact also citizens. And if they refuse to fire them at protesters, if they refuse to go along with the regime, the regime is the emperor without clothes. I mean, this is what they're finding. I mean, it so happens we've got a perfect um, situation mirroring this in Belarus at the moment, mm -hmm. where the, the last lingering Soviet dictator um, thought that he had the majority of people behind him go striding into a factory saying, you know, the people on the streets protesting against me are just middle-class, wishy-washy, uh, uh, no goods. But the reality is, when he went to his own heartland, into the factories, the workers started to say to him, Lukashenko, we, wow. your, your day is up. And that is a dictator whose days are numbered because people can visibly see that the confidence that he had in telling people what to do, he's lost it. It's a matter of time before he goes. I mean, what a fluky coincidence. All that stuff is happening right now. People are very naturally <coughs> drawing comparisons, I suppose. I mean, isn't it? Fate's isn't dealt. It? Let's, 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 I was going to say fate. Let's do a bit of crystal ball, according to Nigel. He says, uh, when, if ever, could we see the jackboots, a.k.a. the Hong Kong police force, says Nigel, once again, known as the finest police force in the world, walking the streets again in twos? I think he means sort of back to 
Hello. All right, you son. mean back back to what used to be known as normal? Well, I suppose Good point. crystal ball. I mean, says. it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy for people who are listening to this, who like me have lived in Hong Kong for a long time, where I I always used to say to people, you know, there's many problems in Hong Kong. One of them is not personal security. It's a safe place. We have rule of law. We have a police force who will impartially make sure that if you go down the street, you're not duffed up or whatever else could happen to you. Mm -hmm. It was a glory of Hong Kong that this situation existed. Now there is distrust. Now there is fear of the police. And now the police have decided to become part of the political story. It's an absolute tragedy. It's incredible. Things have most definitely changed in, in a very quick time. You know, a couple of years. I think I wouldn't even say a couple of years. I'd say within the space of. No, I'm just like thinking back months. when you'd say when you'd say to people, "Ah, this is you know, friends from overseas. This is the safest place mm. on the planet." And yes, you, and you would say that, and you would actually really mean it. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I I, I believe as 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 one of those vile people called journalists. I even wrote about it on a number of occasions. You wrote about so. it. Should we, have a, should we have a little break, Steve, because it's nearly time for the news. Uh, Let's do it. Join us on Facebook Live. I'm going to keep it rolling. You can have a bit of music whilst the news is going on because obviously you won't be able to hear that on the Facebook feed. And even though we haven't been anywhere, we are back. What do you want to do? Well, I think we might also talk about a piece of news that I think would have been much bigger news if so many things hadn't been going on in Hong Kong. But um, it was on Monday that, that um, two companies, um, WSS Engineering Systems and United Construction and Manpower, mm -hmm. were fined $30,000 each for negligence, which ended up with the death of two workers on the Zhuhai Macau Hong Kong Bridge, or okay. whichever way around you want to call it that. Remember, this bridge, which became known as the Bridge of Death, was responsible it, during its construction for the death of 10 people, injury of something like 600 people. And that's on the Hong Kong side. We have no idea what fatalities or injuries occurred in the construction of this bridge on the Chinese side, because mm -hmm. guess what? Transparency and free flow of information does not come out of the mainland. But in this instance, we discover that the courts have decided that the price of human life is $15,000 per head. I mean, by, by any standards, that seems incredible. But indeed, we have comparative figures because there's been two other sets of convictions, both of which um, involve a different set of companies, the main contractors, Dragage, China Harbour and VSL, who were the main contractors on the project. Mm -hmm. And in two separate cases, in 2019 and 2018, the tariff on a human life was set at, in the case of 2018 at 82,000 per death. And at, uh, in 2019, it was a bit over 100,000. So that's gone down to 15,000. The magistrate in the case unequivocally said that there, were, there was negligence involved, there was flouting of safety standards, which enabled the accident, 
that caused the death of these two men. And in the face of all of this, you say, but, you know, it's awful that anybody should die in the course of their work. I mean, I, I, I don't uh, think anyone seriously disputes that. But this kind of sort of miserable, penny-pinching reaction to it. Do you know, on the same day that the court decided that the price of human life was $15,000, one five, not five oh, thousand dollars There was another case going on, ironically, because everything in Hong Kong seems to be connected, mm. in connection with damage done to the um, office of Junius Ho. There were two people uh, accused, well, convicted indeed, of, of damaging his office. The prosecution was asking for office damage, the fine for that, to be $50,000. In other words, if you damage an office, that's worth, do the math, that's worth something like four times the, the value of a human life. There's something not right here. I'm glad Something you I'm glad you mentioned kind of upside down because I want to say hello to Casey who joins us on Facebook Live. Casey says besides the deer and horse meme, netizens also posting upside down photos of Hong Kong City too to voice their dissatisfaction of the government turning values upside down. Says Casey Elvin once again, a bridge built for the elitist and the sacrificial lambs are 15k per piece. Classy indeed, says Elvin. It's it's staggering and and I mean I wouldn't mind. Well, I would mind. Let's, let's take that particular sentence away. If that bridge actually serves some uh, useful purpose, i.e. it was a genuine to Hong Kong. Mm. But let's look at what's actually happened. Practically, no. Well, of course, now nobody to speak of uses the bridge. But even before the coronavirus, that bridge was... A bus ride home to a bus a couple of buses every every hour or so you know i mean it's it it, it it was a project i mean it's a great feat of engineering but it was a project with no useful purpose whatsoever and many people said that before the bridge was built before the billions of taxpayers money were poured into it and another thing is you know even if even if the bridge had been worthwhile even if and the courts can't bring themselves to find these big companies in any substantial way. Mm. And incidentally, the most they could possibly find them under the law would have been half a million dollars, which for, you know, a big construction company... Many lives. ...is, is, is still not a vast sum of money, but they, they've never been fined anything like that. But anyway, even if, all those even ifs, why was the government so adamant in refusing to build a memorial to those who gave their lives and were injured, the 600,000-odd people who were injured in the course of construction. I mean, that seems to add gratuitous insult to enormous injury. And I, I still am waiting to find out. Well, it's not too late to do it, incidentally, why the government simply refused to do this. Well, of course, we do know the reason, but um, uh, we have intelligent people listening to this programme. You don't need to work it out. But the fact of the matter is... There is no memorial to these people, and the bridge is sitting there as a lasting testimony that, to that, waste that, of taxpayers. That is the memorial, in a way. In a, that is the memorial, In a nasty yes. way, yeah, yeah. Hey, yes. I want to go to, if you don't mind, I want to go to an email from James. He's talking about the made in yes. Hong Kong versus made in China <laughs> thing, which is another massive meme, right, Casey? I mean, this one's all over the place. People are 
um, very quick off the mark on this. So anyway, morning, Phil and Steve, says James. I'm confused by the Secretary for Commerce and Economic Development's anti-patriotic parochialism. Surely, if it's made in Hong Kong, it's made in China. Surely there are no bad associations with the Made in China label. And then James goes on. He's done a bit of homework here, Steve. Um, let's look at ten things uniquely made in Hong Kong that Edward Yao may be so passionate about defending. Okay, here we go. He says, five hapless chief executives, senior officials, at least 200 grand a month who dress as they were on 12,000, except for the dapper Mr. Yao, three committees consisting of a combination of the same 24 people, four consultation periods and discussion papers that result in more consultation periods and discussion papers, uh, five, distrust of the police, six, the ICAC to reign in the corruption of Hong Kong in the 1970s. Does it still exist as there is no corruption left? Seven, Passionate democratic aspirations. Eight, the octopus card, which still can't be used in taxis. Nine, milk tea and pineapple bun for elevenses. And ten, opinionated expats who can't or won't go home. You did some work there, James. Thank you. And a partridge in a pear tree. He's forgotten that. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I mean, there's, a, there's a friend of mine who sent me an email from the States um, this week uh, commenting on this. And she said, you know... There is a way around this. There's a town in Michigan called Accident. So maybe, this is a real thing, I'm not making it up, yeah. maybe we could just say, made in accident. I know. <laughs> this is a really interesting one. This could have, just, this could have passed that, by, couldn't it? He, the point that he makes is a good one. I mean, you can't be sitting there day after day after day and saying Hong Kong is part of China, which incidentally it is, and then say, oh, it's an absolute atrocity when they say Hong Kong's part of China. I mean, I've got, you know, I've, 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 I've lived this. in China all my life. What's the technicality here, Steve? Because it is made in China. I mean, that's a fact. And it has been for the yeah, last I, 23 years. I, I mean, the technicality is that Hong Kong is and was a, a, a separate customs uh, jurisdiction. Well, that get, was get that while it's hot. <laughs> Well, as far as the United States is concerned, it's not. As far as other places are concerned, it still remains a distinctive customs jurisdiction. Mm. But, you know, I mean, it, it's part of a much wider picture of the rift between America and, and uh, China, which Hong Kong in some ways is caught in the middle of and in other ways is contributing to the aggravation because people in America, like people throughout the world, have become quite appalled at seeing what's happened in Hong Kong. You know, it's not the first thing they do when they wake up in the morning and say, oh, my goodness, what's happening in Hong Kong today? Mm. But it has impinged on their consciousness. And people have values around the world. And they feel that in the case of Hong Kong, there is a diminution of a level of liberty that used to prevail here. There's one thing that I wanted to ask you about. Very much all of the... This list is growing. The dominoes are most definitely falling one way and another. And uh, the powers that be here seem to be saying, well, you people of Hong Kong, you're going to pay the price for this. You, you know, America is bad, etc. And your average Hong Kong person, uh, the people who write online, whatever, stuff I've seen, they're like, yeah, we'll take one for the team. Bring it on. Yeah. yeah. Then they're not like, oh, no, it's all over. Bring yes, it on. Chaos. I know. I, I, I completely agree with that. Um, I think in this case, you know, I mean, Hong Kong 
doesn't really, I mean, other than consultation co committees and what have you, which I take the point, Hong Kong could well be a world leader in producing those, oh, consultation exercises rather. Mm. But other than that, you know, Hong Kong is not a world manufacturing centre. It's not even a regional manufacturing centre. There are distinctive products made in Hong Kong, some pharmaceutical products. Quite a lot, actually, yes. Yeah. yeah, those sort of things. And there is pineapple buns, which, of course, pineapple. I think Nigel might have brought up an elephant in the room here, Steve. See if you agree with Nigel. He says credibility, Hong Kong versus China, perception, reliability. I wonder well, if that's that... the I think that that's where we get to the point. You know, you can't have your cake and eat it. You cannot if you are. What's her name? The chief executive in name only. I can never remember that woman's name or any of the other officials go around the world and say it's atrocious you keep saying we're not part of china and then when somebody says fine we'll take you at your word <laughs> no that's an atrocity how dare you it's very Wait, confusing <laughs> it's very very I confusing think, i think mr uh, mr uh, yao um may well be guilty under the national security law you I wouldn't be the first to say this steve it, that well needs to be looked into but you know what do i know about these things i'm i ain't no lawyer Let's leave it there for the time being. Thank you for your messages on Facebook Live. Some really cool stuff up there. Of course, Steve, well done. And we will talk at the same time next week. That's Steve Vines right here on The Morning Brew.